Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to show number 252 from Engage for Success. Um, I'm your host today. I'm Joe Moffat, founder and MD of Woodread and um, one of the co-hosts of the radio show. Um, at, uh, for those of you who are sort of regular listeners and know who I am, um, you'll know that uh, Woodread is all about helping organizations create high-performing cultures by using their brand um, and the techniques that brand marketeers apply externally, but using those, uh, those techniques and that brand thinking with the inside audience. Um, so I'm particularly interested in today's topic. It couldn't be more appropriate for me. And so I'm very pleased to welcome as today's guest, Sally, Sally Winston. Sally is Global Head of Employee Research at ORC International. So welcome to the show, Sally. Thank you, Joe. Good to be here. Um, yeah, good to be with you. Good to have you. So, so today um, we're going to be talking about how to create a high-performance culture and um, we're going to be drawing uh, that um, really from some insights of your most recent um, talent trends report at ORC, aren't we? Um, but before we kind of get into that, a, a, a little bit about your role. What does what Global Head of Employee Research um, actually you know, do all day, Sally? Um, yeah, so basically I'm responsible for the solutions and um, the thought leadership that ORC International provides in relation to employee research or anything relating to our broader mission, which is to help companies create winning workplaces. Um, on a day-to-day basis, then, I spend um, probably half of my time doing that and making sure that globally our teams um, have the best solutions that they need for their clients. And then half of the time working with um, clients in the UK, um, focusing primarily on private sector businesses. So a bit of a mixture. No day right. is the same. <laughs> right. And, and are, you a, are you a researcher by profession? Is that what you've you know, that, that's what you've always done. Um, a mixture of things. I've done a mixture of things, really. Um, I, I do have a background in research, but I've also done a lot of work with, um, with clients. So mm-hmm. looking at kind of client account management and supporting clients to develop um, solutions that fit their needs. So a bit of a mixture of client management and research. Right, which sort of come together, come together to, to, to do this, really. So, okay, excellent. So... Um, we, I know you, you have as an organization, you do, you, you've done a series of these um, talent trends reports, haven't you? So, so what was it that, that made you decide that high performance culture was going to be the topic for the latest one? Yeah, so we um, release talent trend reports every quarter, um, primarily for our clients, helping them understand, you know, what are the future trends that we're seeing in um, in this space and what are best practice organisations doing. And um, we basically take feedback from clients on the types of issues that they're struggling with. And high performance culture is one that um, definitely we've heard lots of um, conversation about. And I think... Um, I think there are various reasons. I think as the competitive landscape that organizations are facing is changing um, and becoming you know, more and more aggressive, also as organizations are trying to change often quite quickly and in, in directions that they're perhaps not comfortable with, engagement has become something that is not just a kind of fluffy nice to have. It's very much um, a, 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 um, a thing that's designed to drive organizational performance. And then mm-hmm. that's turned to a conversation about, well, what does high-performance culture look like and how can we engage our people positively to create a culture which 
is positive and great and everyone enjoys working in, but also drives a very strong sense of high performance. So that became the topic of um, the last Talent Trends report that we released to really understand what it was that defined high performance culture versus normal culture and Mm. um, how how are the best organizations in the world really focusing in order to drive that kind of culture right right it's it's interesting actually you should you talk about the um i kind of use the word pink and fluffy that the the sort of misconception that sometimes engagement can be and actually really when it's done properly it's about being aligned with an organization's strategic and, and business objectives and that was absolutely what came across very heavily at the most recent Engage with Success conference, where really it was all about productivity. You know, it was linking mm. that engagement um, approach to employee engagement to productivity and organisational performance with, with some really, you know, hard measures, hard KPIs. It's, it's certainly not, um, not something which um, should just be considered in, in those sort of softer terms, is it, by any means? And I know I've had a, a read through the report and there's some lovely quotes in there that, um, uh, you know, make it very clear that, um, you know, this is, this is tough business and it's about getting, you know, it's about delivering results, isn't it, at the end of the day? So, so how would you define a high-performance culture then? What, what, does, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, I think um, your point about the the connection between um, culture and results is really, really important. I think when we looked at all of the definitions of culture and and how high-performance culture is defined differently, people often use the phrase that, oh, culture is the way we do things around here as a a kind of catch-all way of of understanding culture. Um, I think, like, personally, I think that's really simplistic and that's not necessarily... um, it's not necessarily hugely helpful when it comes to um, getting companies in a place where they can really define and improve their culture. So I think mm-hmm. if you if you take it's not just about how we do things around here, but how we the best way that we do things around here as the the kind of de- definition of culture, high performance yes. culture then comes play when you say, and this is a sh- um, pretty much unashamedly about results too. So it's not saying you know what we need to do is. Um, I don't know, whip people into shape so that they're they're as productive and as focused as they can be, but creating mm. the environment which naturally encourages people to thrive. So putting people in a place where they can thrive within a business with an ultimate outcome of achieving a set of very specific and quite stretching goals. And I think that's what high-performance culture does because it looks at every dimension of a culture of an organisation, the way that things are done around here, but with the mm. primary focus how do we make sure that we're achieving something great and that we're encouraging people to do so? And I think that's where engagement still fits in because it's not about, as I said, creating a, an environment where people drive really hard business results without any focus on individuals' well-being or performance or development. It's about mm. creating a place where people can thrive. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, that the way we do things around here, it's, it's a handy little... Um, aid memoir it's a useful little cliche but you do need to be you do need to dig more deeply into it it's as you say it's a little bit simplistic isn't it and if of course the way we do things um means that we're not particularly successful then maybe the way we do things ain't the right way yeah and i think when you're talking to companies trying to change their culture and shift their culture in a certain way often you um we do have that conversation where you say okay well the way we do things around here isn't necessarily a great reflection of the way we want to do things around Mm. here so it's about Mm. shifting into that you know what does best practice look like here when people are doing a great job 
what what's the culture that surrounds them and that enables them to do that and then how yes. do we focus everybody around that ultimate end result yes yes absolutely and i think it was one of the the quotes that i was reading in the in your report which was from bain um and it, it talks about high performing companies think about culture differently they know that winning cultures aren't just about affiliation. In other words, people feeling good about being part of a, of, a, of a group of people that they are aligned with, but that they are also unashamedly about results. And I, I, I love that unashamedly about results because mm. um, yeah, you know, it, it was very interesting. There was a, um, a program on the radio this morning that I was listening to about uh, Start the Week, actually, on Radio 4, and it was talking about factories and the evolution of factories um, in, in the last sort of few hundred years. And, and it, they were talking about how the results and the productivity of those factories used to be reinvested back into the workforce in terms of development and well-being and making a good workplace, you know, this sort of virtuous circle. Um, and, and that was really, really quite interesting. So it's about, it is about the results. Um, but it's about what you then do with those results, isn't it, as well, which is perhaps a, you know, a topic for another day. But, um, okay, yeah. so how, 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 so we've, we've talked about what high-performance culture is, um, what, it, what it looks like, um, and I guess once you've determined what, what it is you want to achieve, and I suppose you do have to start somewhere with, well, where are we now and how big's the gap we've got to bridge? I mean, you know, that's the sort of start point, I guess. But in, in simple terms, um, how does an organization go about creating a high performance culture sally so yeah i mean when when we essentially through talent trends what we do is we look at what all of the best practice research is out there about um about a particular topic in this case high performance and then we look at okay well what are the best companies doing and how can we boil that down into a simple set of steps and principles and I suppose mm-hmm. this is one topic where that's quite challenging to do because it isn't simple um, it's not you know it's not something that can be easily achieved and um, what we actually found was that the, some of the best high performance cultures were also incredibly agile so they um, they evolved and they developed at quite quick pace depending on the nature of the environment in which they're facing within particular teams the culture is different depending mm-hmm. on the makeup up of that group and what that group contributes to the overall goal um, yeah. and also the, the the encouragement of people to kind of bring themselves to work of diversity etc was really central to to the culture so it's, it's really difficult to define a kind of you know this is the recipe um, but we did find five key points that um that really stood out amongst all of the all of the work and all, all of the expertise in this space and all of the best practice organizations that we talk to um, okay, so I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to ask you to share those with us in, in a moment. Sure. But can, I, can I ask you a question before you do that, which is, in your experience and in, from the research that you, you've done, are what we might call new startups, tech companies, and I, I clearly Google and Amazon and Apple aren't startups anymore, but you know, are the kind of companies that have started up and established themselves and become successful, the kind of new model businesses of the last 20-odd years, are they largely better at creating a high-performance culture than perhaps organizations that are in more established sectors and have been around for, you know, longer Mm. time frames? Do you see a difference? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that all startups are high-performing um, from a cultural perspective. I think if you take some of the things that have happened um, in organizations like Uber, um, mm-hmm. you can kind of see that actually there's, there's, there are some risks associated with really quick growth. Often they have a very clear sense of what they're there to achieve. Um, they work in a, very, in a way that's very agile, that does, you know, it does include like a kind of focus on falling fast, um, you know, and learning from, learning from failure and innovation, et cetera, which I think are all definitely facets of high-performance culture. But obviously in the case of, you know, I'm using Uber as one example. Um, in the case of Uber, as the organization grows and evolves and develops and moves into different markets, it's perhaps not um, behaving appropriately in terms of, you know, long-term high-performance culture. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's some really interesting lessons to be learned from what's um, been happening for some of the companies that were startups and then became something much bigger. I mean, in our report, we talk about, um, we use a quote from Jeff Bezos from Amazon, which is, our culture is friendly and intense, but if push comes to shove, we'll settle for intense. Oh, yes. And I think that's a really... That's a really, I love that quote. It's, it's fab, yeah. but you, you know, and what it, what it does is it, it kind of gives a very clear sense as to what that organisation is about, and then people can opt in or opt out depending on, you know, whether it fits with their own personal ethos. And I think, mm-hmm. so I think startups are very good at defining very clearly what they're trying to achieve and and attaching that to some sort of performance, you know, outcome. Um, that may get lost in organizations that are having to shift and evolve over time because their markets and their products are changing so much. Um, I think they're also really good at creating the right environments and structures for agile working and for innovation and flexibility and for communication often. Um, Mm. They're more more prone to using the latest comms um, channels and techniques because they've never known anything else. Um, sure. So I think sure. in lots of ways they are likely to be seen as kind of the bastions of high performance culture, but in not all instances. And lots of the the kind of best practice principles are not just about those sorts of aspects. They're also about having very clear set a very clear set of values, um, mm-hmm. making sure that from a people management perspective everything's in place in order to support people to perform highly. So I wouldn't say that you have to be a startup. No. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Thank you. I, I interrupted you then. So let's 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 just give an overview then of the five things that companies can do to create a high performance culture from your report. So I think the first thing that we identified very clearly is that there needs to be a really strong commitment to act. And that you know the the difference between saying we want to be we want to be well performing and high performing is quite distinct. So you need to have mm-hmm. a very clear um, sense that this is where you're going and a commitment from the top down and also just in that respect the um, a commitment to being able to changing everything and anything anything that doesn't work whether it be processes or communication channels or people in order to drive the the culture that you're looking for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that we found like kind of aligned with that is that you need to have um, a really clear sense of what your cultural goals are and really un- a really strong understanding of what high performance is going to look like in practice and make sure that that's fed through into values and goals. And this mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you need to change your values, but it does mean that you need to bring them to life in a way that's very much focused on execution and outcomes um, and yes. really make that clear to people. And um, it's interesting, third, actually, another one of those great quotes that I, 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 he's done a really good job in that report, actually, of pulling out some really, really motivating and, and, and galvanizing <laughs> quotes, because there's a lovely one from um, 
from Zappos in there, isn't it? Where he says um, about having values. So picking up on your point there about values and committing to them and by committing to them means that you're willing to hire and fire based on them. Um, you know, if you're willing to do that, then you're well on your way to building a company culture that is in line with the brand you want to build, which, you know, kind of, I absolutely endorse wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Really, values yeah, think, are not just words on the wall, are they? No, they ha- yeah, and they have to be, you know, when, when behaviours aren't aligned with the values, then they have to be called out. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the values, they don't have any integrity within the business mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it, um, the process can fall down. I think the sure. third thing that um, is very, you know, much connected with the Engage for Success um, mantra is the the importance of having a really compelling narrative. So making mm-hmm. sure that you know you, you can have you can have a real really strong commitment to act, and you can have strong goals and values. But if you don't communicate that in a way that has an emotional connection for employees, and you don't mm-hmm. um, support that with great communications and great storytelling then you're not going to really capture the essence of what you're trying to achieve on an ongoing basis. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. Fourthly, kind of connected to the hiring and firing, but I suppose much more um, broadly and more support- in a more supportive sense, it's really important that you think about people development. Um, yeah. All of the organisations we talked to had high-performance cultures, invested significantly in people management, and made sure that they had all of the right practices in place for recruitment and engagement and development um, we, there's some really interesting stuff in the report about how you manage performance, so about how you differentiate between nurturing stars, um, directing good performers, and managing poor performers, and making sure that you know those three things, um, those three things are all considered, um, and that it's not just about kind of managing poor performance; it's also about nurturing really positive performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fifth thing is about humility. Um, so being humble. The, the, the highest performing organisations um, don't know everything, and they know that they don't know everything. Um, mm-hmm. They also have humility, so they don't rest on their laurels. They're constantly looking to innovate and change. And they also prioritise innovation in everything that they do. So they give, you know, make sure that people are open to learning. They um, are continuously focused on how can we improve, how can we improve, um, and they take calculated risks. So they, you know, create an environment where people can fail, um, mm-hmm. and that it's not all about you know success all the time. It's about learning from failure mm-hmm. when it happens and recovering quickly from that. Mm. Interesting word, isn't it? Humility, and and in a in a corporate context, it's not one we're used to hearing. Um, you know, it's a sort of testosterone fueled leadership and management, and uh, I've got all the answers. Um, well, maybe. I, we, corporately, we don't, and it's recognising that. So it's very, yeah, it's an interesting word and, and quite refreshing to see it used in this context, I think, Sally. Yeah, I agree, and I think that, you you know, you often don't, when you think about, well, what makes high performance, you, you would think about this kind of clear sense of drive and focus and ambition, and but, but the really, if you think about, in you know, in any other shape of life, the really high performers are often also very um, aware, self-aware, mm-hmm. Um, and look at how they can constantly improve. And you know, I'm thinking about some sports people. You know, they think about how can I constantly make sure that I'm top of my game and learn and you know take on board advice, etc. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. it's kind of um, a similar situation when you're thinking about organisations. Yeah. No, absolutely. Interesting. Okay. So so five um, five things to to think about. I wonder if we could perhaps just re- retrace our steps and look at 
some of those in a little bit more detail in the we've got 10 minutes or so um, remaining. So, so the first one was to commit to making change happen and map out where the biggest challenges are. Um, you, you, said, you said that this is, you know, people might think this is simple. It actually isn't necessarily that simple, but that sounds pretty easy, isn't it? It's pretty straightforward. You just <laughs> yeah. need to sort of say, yeah, we're going to change. We need to be high performing. Let's do it. Yeah, so I think I think you know often when you're working with leadership teams, it's kind of like well, obviously, obvious, in the same way, obviously we care about our people. Um, they you know they might say obviously we want to be high performing, but in order to really be high performing, you need to basically audit everything that you're doing from the perspective mm-hmm. of is this encouraging or supporting high performance or not. So that could literally be like stopping things, stopping processes getting rid of bureaucracy, um, you know, making big changes to the way that, that you communicate or the, the, you know, the people that you have in certain key roles. Um, mm. And it really does require you to, you know, have an open mind and think about every aspect of what you're doing and then say, yes, and, you know, we're, we're committed to boldly act um, and to be prepared to review and to change everything if we have to. Um, yeah. Often, you know, there'll, yeah. be, there'll be kind of obvious things um, that prevent high performance in organizations like it could be, um, you know, siloed working or it could be um, communication issues or it could be just, um, you know, not having the right funding in the right places. And so mm-hmm. obviously that requires quite difficult decisions. And I think that if you're, if you're committed to do something, it's about that kind of wholehearted commitment rather than just, well, sure, we want to be high performing. Um, you know, let's set some values and hope that, hope that things work. Yeah, so it's interesting actually because it, it's that it's that extra element, isn't it? I mean, we talk about values not just being you know words on the wall; they have to be supported by behaviours, and those behaviours need to be lived all levels of an organisation. But you can kind of get so far with that. But if one of the big obstacles is very often people embrace that, they get the values, they understand how they should behave, they call out when people are not behaving in a way that's aligned with those values, but. The third bit, the missing link often, is that actually the processes that are in place run completely counter to the values and behaviours that an organisation might be trying to put into place to deliver this sort of change. So they do have to be open to um, dismantling a few sacred cows, perhaps, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And we, in some of the other principles, so that this, um, you know, the sense of kind of... Um, setting cultural goals the humility and innovation piece there's there's also a key theme that runs through that's about involving people and giving Mm -hmm. people um, a sense that you know any as long as they understand where we're trying to go and that this is the the ultimate aim we're trying to achieve then then anyone can come up with ways of improving process or suggest new ways of doing things and as long as it's aligned behind this real really strong sense of purpose um, you know that that kind of innovation can come from everywhere. So it's about then. You know, it's not necessarily about leaders taking the lead on changing everything. It's just no. giving giving others permission and supporting the process of change. Yeah, which is of course our third enabler of engaged with success, isn't it? In terms of allowing yeah. employee voice, <laughs> actively listening to it, and recognizing that very often the answers uh, lie with those people who are actually doing the job, who are in the frontline roles, who actually have got solutions and being open to listening to what those suggestions and ideas are. Um, so, yeah, it all, yeah. It, all, it all comes together. So, okay, and then um, I wonder, do you see very, very much difference between um, the values and goals of 
high performing companies and, and those that don't don't manage to achieve it is, is there a is there a difference between how they approach that topic yeah i think um so some of the stuff that we read we um like you know it was very clear that it's not necessarily about setting different values so if you can't say that you know certain companies have um, this this is central to their values and therefore they're high performing because what makes a company successful is having a set of values that really represent them and are unique and you know have a really strong sense of integrity. But I think sure. what defines high performing companies is the translation of those values into something really meaningful. So it's it's more about bringing the values to life in the context of what you're trying to achieve. So back to the point around, you know, high performance culture is about, um, you know, having a really strong sense of performance and what we're here to do. It's then saying, okay, and this value helps us to achieve this thing, which is about high performance. So I don't know if you're, um, I can't think of an example, but if you're a, if you're an organisation where high performance is is about, you know, really strong focus on customer centricity and putting the customer absolutely at the heart of everything that you do, then within your values, where the customer is, is high, clearly highlighted as a, a kind of value in itself, what you, what the, your individual does and how that relates into the customer experience needs to be really super clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. then needs to filter through into everything. You know, it can't, values definitely can't just be something that's written on the wall. They need no. to be actively lived and talked about on a day-to-day basis. Sure, absolutely. And then, and then I guess the you know the million dollar one and the one that's, that's really um, crucial is 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 people management because that really does underplay this whole this whole uh, approach to uh, business results, productivity. The, the Amazon quote about give me intense, if push comes to shove, we'll take intense. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about about the people management one. Is it, would you say that's possibly one of the toughest ones? Um, I think so, and I think it's because I think it's tough because when people think about people management, they think, okay, well, we'll put all our managers through some sort of training, and it's about it's just about management capability, and that that's mm-hmm. the challenge. When actually, um, what we find is that to create high performance culture, it's not just about capability; it's also about enabling managers, so giving them all of the tools and systems, you know, and I don't mean like technology systems, I mean, you know, approaches to objective setting and approaches to performance management and all of those sorts of things, like giving them the um, the framework in which they're operating. Because you could be a fantastic manager, you can be, like, highly motivational, fantastic at communicating, but if you don't have the right set of tools in place to effectively support your people, then you're not going to be as successful as you could be if you have those tools. And that is about... Um, making sure that it's you know me- methods for nurturing and celebrating star performers, um, making sure that you've got ways of supporting and directing good performers so that they can become excellent, and then actively managing poor performers in a mm. way that is really positive and is really constructive, and also mm. you know says something in the organisation. And I think that's often um, often the challenge when we're looking at engagement results is managers might have some skills, but they don't have all of the skills and they definitely don't have all the tools they need in order to yeah. deliver on what the, the uh, promise to the to the organisation is. Yeah. So I think and it's also about... Sorry, go on. Sorry. No, no, I was no, going to say can... that last one is really tough, isn't it? It's often the one is the, it's the, the having the awkward conversations, having managing poor performance, um, because if you fail to manage poor performance, then that, that 
totally demotivates your star performers because you know it it it, it sort of becomes quite toxic, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, and it's and it's about doing that in a way that is constructive. And um, one mm. of the things that um, is quite central to the kind of outcomes of high performance is the sense of recruiting the right people and getting them. You know, because you've got a really clear sense of who you are and what you're all about, it tends to lead to better recruitment. It tends to lead to um, higher performance because the people joining understand what they're they're joining and therefore, uh, you know, are completely on board with that. Um, mm. so, so it's not just about you know when people join the organisation and they're not performing well, how you manage them out or up, you know, in a, in a, into better performance. It's also about like setting the expectations, which makes everybody much clearer on what they're trying, what they're there to achieve, and also then mm. able to quickly decide is this the right place for me or not. Um, which I think is sometimes the problem with performance culture generally. Um, you know, how do you know if if somewhere when when you join somewhere and it's not quite right for you, it often takes a long time um, for you to either realise that or to to be kind of nurtured in a way that um, supports you to get better. Sure, no, absolutely. Now we've we've got a very just under a minute left, um, Sally. Two things quickly. Um, how can our listeners get hold of a copy of the report? Um, so they can, uh, whatever way is easiest, um, they can either um, contact us via our website, so that's mm-hmm. um, ortinternational.co.uk, um, where all our thought leadership is, is um, accessed. Um, okay. So they can just you know, contact us in that way, or we can um, share it via you guys, whatever whatever works best for you. Okay, okay. Um, because I think that at the end of the report, there's a really nifty little um, self-test checklist thing um, with with six questions to ask yourself to get a feeling of um, how far your organization is away from this ideal which I think people would find really really helpful to do and we haven't got time to go into that now but if they can get hold of a copy of the report that would be a really really useful thing to do Sally so um, yeah yeah, via your website and what we might um, um, that's probably the best the best bet uh, in in the first instance. So it's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much for for sharing that with us. Um, Some really useful insights there. Um, As as usual, time's flown by. Uh, So I'm just going to have to say goodbye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll be on again same time next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.